plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Hey folks, Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and tampabay.com. Back to you for episode 34 of the Locked On podcast here. Just about done with our seventh week on the podcast. Uh, very, very excited about uh, the way things are roll along here. Uh, week two in the NFL, in case you're keeping track of their schedule as well. Uh, Bucks a day away from going over to uh, Arizona. Actually going out uh, on Fridays for these West Coast trips. Dirk mentioned that yesterday. Uh, usually NFL teams are traveling on Saturday, uh, playing on Sunday. But the Bucks uh, to help get them acclimated, uh, kind of lessen the jet lag factor, uh, will go out Friday afternoon. They'll practice Friday morning. We actually get them before they leave. And then they will fly to Arizona and a big game on Sunday, a chance to go 2-0. and And not only 2-0, and but 2-0 and on the road, which is unusual in the NFL. Uh, lots to get to today. Today's podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.net. Great to have them as a sponsor for the day, uh, not only for our podcast, but all over the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, fair amount of news, uh, nothing huge, no haymakers to hit you with it today in terms of uh, Jacquees Smith out for the year or anything like that, but lots of... Uh, Little notes, fun notes to get to here as we get ready for Arizona on Sunday. I am flying out uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, we might actually, just as a programming note, I think I'm going to have to have that Monday podcast a little bit later. Uh, I'm taking a red eye back and I'm flying kind of overnight the whole way. Uh, so there's not really a window where I can record the podcast uh, before I fly out and before I land in Tampa around 9 a.m. So just as a warning... I might figure out a way to get around it and record the podcast in an airport on a layover or something like that. But for now, it might be a little bit later on Monday that you get that big wrap-up podcast about the Bucks cardinals game. Uh, the first piece of news we want to share is, of course, uh, exciting news for Bucks fans. Uh, James Winston, who threw for four touchdowns in Sunday's win against the Falcons, was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, first time he's earned that honor. Um, and the first time a Bucks offensive player has earned that, think in your mind who that might be. You're thinking, oh, it's probably Mike Evans, maybe, or Doug Martin, maybe, uh, maybe Vincent Jackson. No, Bobby Rainey, uh, the last Bucks offensive player to get Offensive Player of the Week, did that in 2013. Bobby had that one big game where he had like an 80-yard run on his first run, finished up with like 150 yards, and uh, he's the last one to get it. First... Uh, not many quarterbacks in week one. I think the last time a quarterback won it for the Bucks in week one was like Vinny Testaverde uh, way back. But again, very well-deserved honor for Winston. Uh, you sit here and you think, gosh, he had five touchdowns against the Eagles last year. How did he not get Offensive Player of the Week? Uh, his problem is that Cam Newton had five touchdowns also that same week. Uh, so kind of lost out to the, uh, I think, a bigger opponent is what Cam had that week. Uh, so Jameis Winston, Offensive Player of the Week. Big honor for him. Lots of national headlines for Jameis Winston. A lot of people talking about him from a fantasy perspective, being a better quarterback, uh, just from an NFL standpoint, how big a leap he's taken. We've been talking about it here in the podcast for 34 episodes. Um, but I think nationally people are catching on to maybe some of the progress he's made, uh, especially in, in terms of uh, just commanding this offense, being a little bit more crisp running things. Uh, he'll have definitely a chance to validate that. Uh, if he has anything close to four touchdowns against that uh, Arizona defense, that will look very good for him there. 
Uh, let me see here what else we have. We had our first chance to talk to Jacquez Rogers. And just to make a point, I actually joked about how uh, we had Jacquez Smith leaving the Bucks. Jacquez Rogers. It is Jacquez, and I'm a big pronunciation guy, so I want to make this right. Uh, not Jacquez, but Jacquez Rogers. Uh, got to talk to him. Uh, saw him working on kickoffs yesterday at practice. Saw him certainly working uh, as a running back. Uh, Dirk Cutter talked about how he had him for two years as a number two running back um, behind Michael Turner and then behind Steven Jackson in Atlanta. Uh, all he has to be now is a number three, so they're kind of getting a little bit extra out of him with the Bucks. Uh, but again, uh, a shorter back. He's only 5'6", so he's now the shortest guy on the roster, uh, but very quick back. Dirk liked him as a zone-blocking run guy, an inside-of-tackles runner that way. Definitely a pass catcher, shovel pass guy, screens out of the backfield. I think they will uh, probably not use him a ton on offense, at least initially, but I think they'll find ways to work him into the offense uh, and use him uh, to complement Doug Martin and Charles Sims. He's a lot like Charles in terms of his strengths, uh, definitely a different body type. And again, kickoff returns probably where Jacquez can help the Bucks most immediately. They had four guys uh, taking kickoffs uh, on the jugs machine before practice yesterday, and that was Adam Humphreys, uh, Jacquez Rogers, uh, Cecil Shorts, who kind of had the opening look Sunday against Atlanta, and uh, Ryan Smith, the uh, rookie safety who was inactive in that first week with the hand injury. So a couple different options there. Uh, Dirk mentioned they might even try more than one guy and not leave it on one person, just trying to find if somebody can uh, can kind of separate from the pack there on kickoff returns like that. Uh, not much in the injury standpoint. Uh, we had our first injury report for the Bucks, and, and literally no one held out. Uh, 53 players on the roster, all of them practiced on Wednesday. Uh, that's great news for the Bucks. The only person who was even limited was uh, linebacker Adarius Glanton. I think he has a knee but again, even he was practicing. So it bodes very well from the injury standpoint. Uh, they had, uh, again, Devontae Bond still listed with a hamstring, but he was full participation. They had Levante David with a shoulder, uh, but he was also a full participation. And then Ryan Smith still coming back from that hand. Still has a bit of a, a, a hard cast on his hand at practice. Uh, so we'll see how he is or whether he's ready to come in and, and be active on Sunday with that. Uh, before we get to much else in terms of uh, other news and notes here, I want to make sure we talk about MyBookie.net. Uh, glad to have them back as a sponsor on the podcast. You know, football season is here. You can get in on the action and play like the pros at MyBookie.net. It is the most exciting online experience for sports fans. MyBookie features real Vegas odds and incredible player props on every football game. Uh, if your game is already kicked off, you haven't missed out on the fun. MyBookie has live in-game Odds updated in real time if you want to bet on a quarter, if you want to bet on a half. Uh, individual player prop bets. Uh, I've got a pick now for the time, so I've got to pick games with scores in the paper. Uh, I think we went, I finished, I guess six and seven was the, the record I had against the spread going into Monday night. I did not see how I did on Monday night. I had to check that. Uh, went 10 and four, just picking winners. Was very proud of that. Uh, and as mentioned, uh, nailed that. 31-24 score on Sunday. Exactly right. Uh, but anyway, with my bookie, uh, never too late to make a play. Uh, their site and their app are optimized for smartphone users for nonstop action on the go. Uh, so I'll invite you guys to go online and type my bookie into your browser and sign up today. Uh, you can use promo code BUCKS, that's B-U-C-S, for these this, this podcast and these listeners only. Uh, enter promo code BUCKS to be entered into my bookie's million-dollar prize pool. You can also call them at 844-722-2387. 
Again, that's 844-722-2387. Join the thousands of online players already playing. Only the biggest, only the best, only at my bookie. Sign up today. Uh, Bills and Jets tonight on Thursday Night Football. Uh, I had taken uh, the Bills in that one. I think it took them 21-17. So curious to see what happens there. Uh, Jets are still missing Chris Ivory. Jets still have some issues injury-wise. So I kind of like the Bills in that one. But back to these Buccaneers. That's what you're listening to the podcast for. I was intrigued to see uh, that Jameis Winston, as good as he was on Sunday, actually managed to get better on Wednesday. Uh, The league came back with a what they call an official scoring change. Uh, What had been listed as an incompletion for Jameis Winston uh, has been changed to just a penalty resulting in a a a first down. Uh, There was a play, you guys might remember, at third quarter about halfway through where uh, they had a third and eight. Uh, Jameis threw an incompletion, and the Falcons were were hit with two penalties. They had a defensive holding, which would have been an automatic first down, and they had a roughing the passer, uh, sorry, an unnecessary roughness penalty. Uh, And the Bucs declined the holding and took the 15-yard penalty, obviously. Uh, It gave them a first down, which actually helped them on the way to a, a touchdown. Uh, but initially, they had counted the incompletion on that play as counting toward the game stats and Jameis Winston stats, and upon review, they should not have. So instead of being 23 of 33 for the game, Jameis Winston now 23 of 32. So his completion percentage goes up slightly. His quarterback rating, I think, went from like 122.9 to 125.1. So he moves up a little bit in the uh, pecking order of NFL quarterbacks with that. Uh, the Bucks actually get a little bit better on third down. The NFL has a weird deal where if it's a third down and the play takes place and there's a penalty that leads to a first down, it does not count as the third down conversion, which is odd. Uh, it just kind of comes off the book. So uh, as a result of this being a penalty first down, instead of them being three for 10 on third down, they're now three for nine. So uh, they're now a slightly better third down offense than they were Monday or Tuesday. Uh, always odd to get these scoring changes, but it's fun. Uh, sometimes you'll see it, and it'll have the tiniest change, but it'll make an impact uh, in fantasy football. Like uh, they'll adjust uh, somebody's yardage and give it to somebody else on a fumble recovery. And for these leagues where fantasy football, where like it goes to the t- nearest tenth of a point or something, I- I've seen literally playoff berths change hands on these uh, scoring errors. So amusing to see that with Jameis Winston. The other note that I really thought was funny uh, is that we've talked a lot about that Roberto Aguayo draft pick. So much scrutiny the Bucks have taken uh, for trading up 15 spots from number 74 to number 59 to draft a kicker, a uh, kicker who did have seven points in Sunday's win. Uh, but what's funny and what makes the Bucks look a little bit better in this is that that trade, uh, when the Bucks moved up from 74 to 59, they got the 59 pick. The Chiefs got the number 74 pick and the number 106 pick in order to, to let the Bucks move up. And what's amusing is that the Chiefs cut the number 74 pick yesterday. Uh, this is a cornerback from Notre Dame named Kavari Russell. Uh, rare that you see a team cut ties to a third-round pick, a pick that high, after one game. And one game in which Kavari Russell didn't even play. Uh, but apparently they've seen enough where they are moving on. They are wiping their hands clean of Kavari Russell. Uh, so it's hard to say that Bucks got the worst end of that trade if the guy that the Chiefs used with the best pick in that trade is already gone from their roster without playing a single snap. Um, they still have the, the kid they took at 106 is another cornerback named Eric Murray. Uh, he played only on special teams Sunday, had one special teams tackle. Uh, but again, for the Bucs, uh, Roberto Aguayo, no signs of him being cut anytime soon. So 
not to suggest it's the best pick that he went at number 15 overall, but for that crowd that wants to call this the worst pick in the draft, the worst pick in draft history, it's now not even the worst pick involved in that trade. Uh, so congrats to Kavari Russell. What would be funny is if the Bucks actually claimed Kavari Russell off waivers today. Uh, Bucks still have the number nine pick in the waiver process. I don't know that he's a match for the Bucks because they'd have to cut either Jonathan Banks or Josh Robinson to make room for him, which I don't know that I see them doing. But somebody's going to pick up Kavari Russell. Uh, third rounders, somebody's going to give them a chance. I'm a little bit surprised the Chiefs would do that. Usually if you have somebody that's struggling that badly, uh, you either let them be inactive for a while or uh, or you just make the decision to, uh, you know, fake an injury, put him on injury reserve, give him a year to learn your system, and, and don't give up on him after one game and one inactive game at that. If you guys uh, know me at all on this podcast, you know that I, I'm big on obscure histories and ties between teams, uh, and that includes the uh, the head coach, uh, Dirk Cutter. I, I was realizing, listening to Dirk Cutter yesterday, uh, that Dirk Cutter has, uh, has been going up against Carson Palmer uh, for literally 15 years. Uh, if you go back to Dirk's days at Arizona State, that overlapped with Carson Palmer's days at USC. Uh, one of Dirk's bigger struggles at Arizona State, he did really well against Arizona. You always want to beat your rivals. Went 4-2 against Arizona in his time in Tempe, uh, but didn't do well against the California schools in the Pac-10, Pac-12. Um, so uh, back then it's Pac-10, I guess. But uh, 2001, faced USC. Uh, USC beats... Uh, Beats up on his uh, Sun Devils, 48-17. Carson Palmer goes 18-26 for 295 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. And then the next year, USC beats Arizona State, 34-13. Palmer throws for 214 and two touchdowns. So in two games in college, he had five touchdowns, no interceptions against Cutter's ASU teams. And then what's interesting is is that Dirk uh, had a chance to go up against Arizona all three years he was in Atlanta. Uh, with Mike Smith as the offensive coordinator of the Falcons. Uh, and the 2012 game doesn't matter as much because that's the year before uh, Bruce Arians got to Arizona. It's, it, Carson Palmer wasn't there yet. But it's intriguing to me. Um, I'll, I'll start by saying that since 1970, since the AFL-NFL merger, if you will, uh, there have been 85 games in which a team throws no touchdown passes and throws five or more interceptions. And in those 85 games, the teams that do that have lost 84 times. The one time that they've won, despite throwing five or more interceptions and not throwing a touchdown, uh, was Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith with the Falcons in 2012, winning 23-19 to against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, pretty wild. Uh, Matt Ryan threw a career high, five picks, no touchdowns, did throw for 301 yards. Uh, Mike Smith's defense held Arizona to under 200 yards. That's when Palmer had been hurt. They were on like their third backup quarterback. I forget if it's Ryan Lindley or, or who the starter was in that game, but Arizona was was throwing backup quarterbacks out there, and as a result, they could not do enough to overcome getting five interceptions from their defense. Uh, what's interesting is that the next year, uh, Cutter and Smith and Matt Ryan went back and faced the, Fal- the Cardinals again, Matt Ryan threw four touchdowns. Uh, sorry, threw four interceptions. I'm, I'm breaking up here. Uh, Matt Ryan threw four interceptions in that game. Actually, had 61 passes uh, in the game for Atlanta, and uh, Arizona won 27-13. So it's intriguing to me that 
in Matt Ryan's career, in 127 career games, he's thrown four or more interceptions only twice, and both of them came against the Cardinals' defense with Dirk Cutter as his offensive coordinator. Uh, now, it is worth noting that in 2014, in Dirk's last year in Atlanta, uh, Falcons did go and beat Arizona 29-18. Uh, Arizona had been 9-2 and two at the time. The Falcons were 4-7. and seven. Uh, So a nice upset. Uh, Falcons came out early, kind of punched them in the mouth, up 17-0, uh, and held on for a 29-18 win. I, I should mention that was not against Carson Palmer. Uh, that was a Drew Stanton game. Uh, but Matt Ryan, very good against that Arizona defense in that game. 30-41 of 41 for 361, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, so again, he's, he has faced that Arizona defense uh, in very close to what it is now. That's a lot of the same principles in terms of Patrick Peterson and Tyrone Matthew, uh, Clay Campbell, uh, all, all over that defense. Things he's seen before and has been able to move the ball well against in his last chance there. So intrigued to see uh, what Dirk Cutter will be able to do with one more chance uh, to face Arizona here on Sunday. And again, he talked yesterday about the urgency that comes from a team being 0-1 and facing not only being 0-2 if you're Arizona, but being 0-2 with two home games. Just as the Bucks have the unlikely chance to be able to be 2-0 with two road games, I'm sure Arizona uh, trying to avoid 0-2 at home. Arizona is dealing with more injuries than the Bucks are, by the way. Uh, we mentioned how healthy the Bucks are overall. Arizona had four guys held out of Wednesday's practice. That includes their starting guard, Evan Mathis, uh, who is questionable. Um, the other thing we wanted to get to that we talked to yesterday... Uh, is Danny Vitale. I uh, got to talk to him. Uh, again, we talked about a lot on the early days and early weeks of this podcast, but Danny Vitale uh, had been cut with the Bucks' final cuts, uh, was claimed by Buffalo, was waived by Buffalo, citing an injury uh, like a failed physical. Uh, they had diagnosed him with a much more severe shoulder injury than the Bucks had. Uh, they saw a torn labrum. The Bucks had seen a very mild sprain in his shoulder. He never missed a practice, never missed anything with the Bucks. Uh, Bucks were thrilled to get him back on their practice squad. So he's back wearing number 86 again. Again, feels fine. Is practicing without any limitations at all. So that, that phantom shoulder injury that, that spooked the Bills uh, is not a problem for the Bucks. He is back. You know, the Bucks now have six total tight ends on their roster. They have the four on the active roster. Uh, but also these, these two rookies in Alan Cross and Danny Vitale. Uh, so if there's any injuries at the position, they've got two guys that have been in this system uh, the whole offseason. And, and can certainly step in. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that position shakes out as the year goes on. Guys, I'm going to wrap things up here. I um, want to invite you guys to send in your, uh, your questions, your comments. And, and for Friday's podcast, I'd like to get what your biggest concerns are going into the Arizona game. Uh, I don't know whether it's their pass rush, whether it's their secondary, whether it's David Johnson, whether it's Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, what are your biggest concerns for the Bucks? as they go to Arizona this weekend. We'll try and answer some of those in the Friday podcast. You guys can send me an email at LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. You can shoot us a comment on Twitter at LockedOnBucks or my name at Greg Allman, A-U-M-A-N. Uh, we want to say thanks again to MyBookie.net for being the sponsor on today's podcast. We will be back Friday to wrap up uh, another week and, and get ready for uh, a busy weekend in Arizona. And we'll wrap that all up on Monday as well. But we'll be back Friday morning. Thanks again for listening, guys, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. 
I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.